Hello, hello, and welcome to another edition of Nostalgia Crew. Hope you all are staying cool during these hot summer months. Uh, it's Bill and Danielle once again. Hello. And this month, uh, we, we, we each have a couple things to talk about. Um, plus, um, we have our movies and our albums of the month, and... I want to talk about, and this isn't one of the things that I had already planned, but I just wanted to mention it. Um, I wanted to talk about a little bit later the the new $100,000 pyramid and the match game. and uh-huh. I, I think we're both going to want to put our two cents right, in on right. that yeah. um, a little bit later on. Have you also seen the new To Tell the Truth? You know, I did not. Um, I, I'll be honest with you, Danielle. Huh? I gave up on it before even the first episode began. When, when I knew Anthony Anderson's mom was going to be involved. Right. I kind of, yeah, same. So. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and that ended quickly. Well, um, a lot of these shows are just around in the summer to fill up um, programming holes. Well, yeah. So it's kind of like, I think they're only on for like a six-week basis or something. But but it seems like this one ended a lot quicker than okay. usual. True. So it's kind of hard to judge it with stuff that's on during the summer as, you know... Because, like, that game show, um, what is the name of that game? Is it 500 Questions? Yeah, that's the one. That that only comes on during the summer, which is really weird because I didn't, it was on last summer and I had never heard of it. Right. But it only comes on during the summer for a certain amount of weeks, which is really frustrating because I was just getting into it. (laughs) Well, here's an interesting plot twist to this season or this year's version of To Tell the Truth. Um, now, it says that imposters do not win any money for incorrect votes on this version. Right. That's That's not the twist. Here's the other one. Yeah. However, the losing panelist must tweet a lie that they can't deny for 24 hours. Yeah. Real creative. Yeah. I'm all for Twitter, but sometimes I think they go too far with using it in TV shows, you know? Yeah. Like, there's this one show my mother watches on the Food Network. It's a cooking show, and um, it's called The Kitchen, and every time they say some random thing that they think is funny, suddenly there's a hashtag at the bottom of the screen telling you to tweet it, and it's like, who really has time to do this? Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Okay. <laughs> um, well, you know what? What? Since you have something... Okay. What, I, I tell you how we're going to do this. Uh-huh. Um, we are... Go- I'll let you start with one, and then I'll do one. Okay. So. I'm trying to figure out which of my things to do, because there's the one thing that has the game attached to it. Oh, yes. We, we, uh... For those of you who are new, the last several months, Danielle has promised... Yeah. A game for me. 
Right. And it was going to happen next month, but we agreed that it should be bumped up to this month. Right. Well, there's a reason why, also, when... So I'm trying to figure out if I want to do that or talk about my other thing. So... Hmm. Alright, well, you know what? We'll just talk about the other thing first, and then we'll play the game later. Alright. So, um... I was going to save this until, um, next month, but, um, I realized it takes place on August 1st. Oh, yeah. So, um, it probably would make more sense to do it now. Mm-hmm. Um, so August 1st is the 35th anniversary of MTV launching. Man, 35 years. You know, you know I, I'm just going to say this real quick. Yeah, I rem- I remember, and you probably do too. When it yeah. turned thirty, that just yeah. seemed like yesterday. Yeah. And here's the thing. I'm reading up online because in the past we've had a lot of you know um, events and things. Mm-hmm. Um, In fact, I remember when I was in high school, um, it was MTV's 20th anniversary, and I had, like, they released, like, a bunch of compilation albums, they had a lot of specials on TV. Yeah, that was, like, the month before 9-11. Right. Not not to laugh at 9-11. Right. And I also remember, even when I was, a year later, they had, like, 21st MTV's Old Enough to Drink. Woohoo, you know. Um, <clears throat> so, um, it's just. Let me see. But it's like a shadow um, of its former self. Mm-hmm. It's not even. Right, but, and MTV's been that way for a while. You know, and it, it makes me so upset because they're not really, you know, how can you get it? Ex- Alright, so what they are going to do right. in honor of their 35th anniversary, which I think is a load of shit. <laughs> okay. Um, You know the channel VH1 Classic? Yes, I do. As of August 1st, it will be MTV Classic. Boo! Yeah. Boo! Okay. Now, if they're going to rerun the program, I'm actually kind of sick, too, because that was, like, one of the other place, only places you could get pop-up video for the long. <laughs> so, I, I am kind of annoyed now because pop-up video. That was a good show. Um, but... They, um, they're going to rebrand VH1 Classic as MTV Classic, and I just, I, 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 I'm just so disappointed in them. And I understand that, you know, things are different now, Mm -hmm. that, you know, with YouTube, MTV isn't as big of a deal anymore. No, it's not. Like, you know, music videos. I, I mean, I remember when I was in high school, like, seeing MTV is the, was the first place you saw a lot of music videos, and they would have, like, huge 
world premieres. Of, it was a big thing. And um, seeing, you know, videos that you wanted to see on a countdown. And now it just seems, I guess it seems weird now because all you have to do is just go on YouTube and look it up. Pretty much. You know, instead of waiting for it to be on um, TV. But, and I guess it does seem weird. I, I'm not surprised they aren't planning any programming for this or anything other than the MTV Classic launch because it, it just, you can't really celebrate something that you no longer are. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, what are they? They're... Uh, let's see, they're Catfish. Oh, yeah, Catfish. They're so Teen Mom. To be fair, though, Catfish is actually a very... The, the um, plot behind Catfish is actually a very good... Oh, I mean, I, I understand the plot, but, it, it, I mean, like, the whole, like, setup and... I don't know. Yeah, but it's not related to um, like, at least all the shows that were around when we were teenagers, they were at least slightly related to music in some way. Remote control. Uh, well, we were younger then. I, I still have the board game of MTV yeah. Remote Control. Like, the Blame game wasn't a musical show, but at the end, the last round, I don't know if anybody's ever seen the Blame game. I used to watch this all the time when I was want to say like 14 or something, but um, the blame game was, and this probably never could have worked now, somebody would have cited all kinds of public humiliation and whatnot, mm -hmm. but you broke up with your boyfriend or your girlfriend, and you went on the blame game, um, it was set up like a courtroom, they had, you know, the male, the guy attorney who sided with the guy, and the girl attorney sided with the girl, and you would Basically, the whole plot of the show was to figure out who was the blame for your breakup. And they would, like, cross-examine each other, and it was this really weird thing. And as part of the final round, they would sing a song that reflected their feelings. Oh, jeez. On the breakup. And that was, like, the only musical part related to the show. But it was the funniest... I just used to watch the show, and I have no idea why. And um, at the end... They would, the audience would vote, or, I forgot, yeah, I think it was the audience voted who was the blame for the breakup, and the person who wasn't the blame won a trip to the Bahamas, and the person who was the blame for the breakup had to get on their knees and apologize for 30, 30 seconds, and they get on their knees and apologize. If the person accepted the, could accept the apology, or they gave them a Polaroid camera, and they took a picture. They took the picture. It got put in Entertainment Weekly that week of Do Not Date the Slang Game Loser. Wow, I don't remember Yeah, it, it was a mess of show, but I loved it. It's horrible. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is it had, it, they had something slightly related to music on it. Yeah. Um, I Spy Video. That was music. Um, Web Riot. I think it was called Web Riot, but it was a... Um, Interactive game show where you use music video trivia. Mm -hmm. Most of Say What Karaoke, they were all at least somewhat related to music. And yeah, they had random shows like Room Raiders, which I absolutely love Room Raiders, even though it had nothing whatsoever to do with music. Yeah. 
But um, and I love spring their spring break specials. Oh, that used to be a yearly thing. Oh yeah. I, I don't know if they do that or not. I don't think they do. I don't really think they do really anything with the fans except for the award shows, which are getting more and more less less and less recognizable. As, yeah. Um, and the music video award, and I looked this up to see if they still exist. Yeah. Is going to take place on August the 28th at Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Oh, boy. At least they're still keeping it in New York. Well, I mean, there were times when it was in L.A. Oh, okay. Well, so... growing up, I remember being in New York. But it just, it just makes me sad, and I know it, it can't be what it was because things have evolved so much. Right. Now you, but, ugh. It, it just, um, and they could have, you know, they had dance shows, although I didn't care too much mm -hmm. for their dance shows, because I like dance shows like, um, this was, wasn't our generation, but my parents had, like, Soul Train American Bandstand, where it was just a bunch of people came to the studio and said, hey, let's dance. Mm -hmm. Let's just dance. Our generation... It was the, um, they had the boy bands and Britney Spears, so everything was like choreographed dancing, and it just like So whenever you had the dance shows, it was basically people trying to audition for music videos. It was never, you know, let's just randomly dance. Mm -hmm. Let's do, you know, let's have a dance contest. Let's do, see who can um, do a backflip. And it just looked so fake. So... But anyways, um, just to say happy 35th anniversary, MTV. I have no clue, like I said, what you are anymore. And you're like airing reruns of like sitcoms too now, which is just weird. Um, also, um... VH1 had bought some episodes of Jersey Shore and started rebranding them with the pop-up stuff, and it actually made it more interesting. Mm -hmm. So I hope they still do that, because I, I wasn't a fan of Jersey Shore, but if you put pop-up stuff on anything, I will watch it. Well, now, here, because I have a couple of things with this, because right. I, I did find this out as well. Right. First off, I am disappointed. Yeah. Because VH1 Classic was really the only channel, and I'm probably going to get a lot of supporters on this. Yeah. VH1 Classic was really the only channel that played the old hard rock, the stuff that I listened to, you know, yeah. like Priest, yeah. Maiden, ACDC, you know, all that. VH1 Classic had some good original shows, with the best one being that metal show. That was the longest one that they had. Right. Plus, they used to air uh, the Behind the Music episodes and, you know, all of that. So, basically, what, you know, because VH1, I think, is owned by uh, Viacom, which owns MTV. Yeah. What they are doing is they are basically taking away the 
you know, the original shows, they're taking away the documentaries, they're taking yeah. away the, you know, the musical movies. Right. You know, they're taking away that, which I think sucks. It really does. However, we still get the original music videos, which is a plus. Mm-hmm. Plus, we're gonna get to see the older shows. Maybe Blame Game will be on MTV Classic. Maybe Remote Control will be on MTV Classic. Who knows? So, it's like, yes, it sucks they're changing the name, but you sort of have to have a little bit of hope that, you know, this could end up alright. But, with the track history of MTV, especially the last 15 years, I don't think, you know... Okay, like, what we see now, MTV Classic, I'm going to make this prediction right now. Right. When we're doing Nostalgia Crew in 10 years, MTV Classic will become MTV3. That is my prediction. In 10 years. And what makes it so much sadder is when I was growing up, I watched MTV, but VH1 had, like, a lot of older music that I got exposed mm-hmm. to. Exactly. Like, a lot of the, um, they used to have a lot of shows about 70s music, and a lot of it, that's how I got exposed to it, was through VH1. They had Where Are They Now specials. They had, um... Classic music videos. Um, they had a used to have a game show called My Generation. Um, it was a lot of, and now VH1 is probably just as worse as MTV. All it is is just a bunch of um, reality shows full of washed-up celebrities. It's really well, sad. Well, 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 now wait a minute. They they have given us a blessing with dating naked. Oh, my. <laughs> they did bring back behind the music. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. I don't know if it's still there. But it'll it pop up. It'll pop up every once in a while. Yeah, it's just, you know, and um, they did do a, um, a documentary about transgender women, which I'll applaud them for that. that there you go. That needed to be shown, but it. You know, but again, you can discover classic music videos through YouTube now. Mm-hmm. And so this is, not to cut you off, but this is also why when we do our albums of the month. Yeah. This is all sort of a way of saying, hey, you guys hate the current music like Danielle and I do? Well, here's something you'd like. That's basically, that's basically our our reaction, you know? But, yeah, pretty much. But, um, yeah. But, but yeah. yeah. Basically, but, basically, folks, Danielle has now lost all hope for the world. <laughs> uh, well, I thought I've just lost most half the hope for cable right now. Well, well like you said, there is YouTube. There is YouTube. And as long as YouTube doesn't get touched, we're going to be fine. There, there's also a lot of copyright issues going on with stuff on YouTube. Oh, I know. What? I don't post them. I don't post them. 
Record, it's there, though. I don't post them. All right. Um, I actually have a story that goes into this first thing that I want to talk about. So, um, as a as a little like gift uh, for my nephews, and I've been doing research because um, I've gone on vacation. I had bought. A, I don't know how to put this. It's not really a ripoff, but it's a good substitute for the original Nintendo. Uh, yes, I heard about that. Because our Nintendo basically died. Twenty. I mean, it lived for like twenty-five years. So. This is the original Nintendo. Yeah, our original Nintendo. Wow. Well, I think the reason it lived that long is because there was a stretch where we didn't play it, so that's probably why. Yeah. So, I bought it, and I definitely recommend it. Uh, it's on Amazon. It's only like $20, $25. I thought this came out in the fall. No, no, well, well, hold on. I'll, I'll get, I'll oh, get, sorry. To, yeah. Okay. So, um, so, you know, I bought it. Uh-huh. And... It, it was called a retro, a retro entertainment system. But it's basically a, a Nintendo. So we hooked it up. And we tried games. And it works great. And you can use the original controllers for that system. Even though they give you like controllers of their own. Which don't really work that well. So... So, so I'm thinking, like, you know, after the trip, man, that's the best $25 I've, you know, I've ever spent. And then this comes out. Nintendo announces they are going to bring back the NES. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so, I, I have um, this piece of news in front of me. This is from... NintendoEverything.com Uh-huh. Oh, that's probably Nintendo Everything telling me uh, to yeah. read this right. No. Yeah. Uh, so they have announced, Nintendo did, of uh -huh. the NES Classic Edition, which is a near-identical mini-replica of Nintendo's original home console. And this, this next part is very important. Mm -hmm. That plugs into your high-definition TV using an included HDMI cable. So you have to remember that, folks. The device, which launches on November 11th in North America and Europe, includes 30 NES games built in. It's only $60. $60! You know how much they're charging for game systems today? Like... $300, $400? Yeah, and for games. Yeah, I mean, that's like the price of some games. Yeah, right there. they're charging the entire system, which is going to have 30 games, and I'm going to go through this list in a moment, uh -huh. for $60. What a steal. So the games that are on here, and this might, you know, for you guys listening... This could determine if you want to buy this or not, or add it to your Christmas list. 
Here are the 30 games that are on here. Balloon Fight, Bubble Bobble, Castlevania, Castlevania 2, Simon's Quest, Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr., Double Dragon 2, The Revenge, Dr. Mario, Excite Bike, Final Fantasy, Galaga, Ghosts and Goblins, Gradius, Ice Climber, Kid Icarus, Kirby's Adventure, Mario Brothers, Mega Man 2, Metroid, Ninja Gaiden, Pac-Man, Punch-Out! featuring Mr. Dream, so they probably couldn't get Mike Tyson, Star Tropics, Super C, Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers 2, Super Mario Brothers 3, Tecmo Bowl, The Legend of Zelda, and Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link. The NES Classic Edition does allow for two-player gaming. A second NES Classic Controller can be attached, though a Classic Controller or a Classic Controller Pro can also be used. The controller will go for $9.99. Now, when it is connected to a Wii Remote Control, the NES Classic Controller can also be used to play virtual console NES games on either Wii U or Wii. Note that the NES Classic Edition has multiple suspend points from or for each game. So basically basically if you spend 70 bucks getting a second controller and buying this whole thing, you're going to get their biggest and best games. And you can pre-order right now basically all over the world. Oh, wow. Except for here, because it says it's currently unavailable. So, so except in the U.S. Um, but it will come out, like I said, November the 11th. Wow! Just in time for Christmas. Yeah, basically. And and I thought, and like I said, when I saw this, I was like, "You gotta be kidding me!" I spent twenty-five dollars. On something that, you know, the boy the boys really enjoyed. I loved. Uh, basically, the whole family loved. So I'm not getting rid of it. We're keeping it. Um. So, you know, uh, to you, Nintendo, to you there. But no. But I, I will say this. For those who Threw away all the old Nintendo games, threw away the Nintendo system. This is a good way to come back and bring in the next generation. That's how I look at it. This is a plus. This is a positive. Plus, you're going to get 30 games put into one. Yeah. Alright, so, uh, Danielle, you have the next one. <coughs> Your next right. story. Oh, I think I know what this is. Okay. All right. Give me a second. I have to turn on the light. It, you know how, like, your city, it, it starts, it's broad daylight, and you're sitting there, and then suddenly it gets dark, and you're like, oh, crap. Yeah. <laughs>
excuse me. This is a live, well, not really live show, but... We are waiting for Danielle to come back. Waiting. Oh, great. There we go. Okay, so... Um... Alright, so for those of you who, um, have listened to the show, um, in the past few months, you've known that, um, Bill has been doing quizzes with me, and, um, whenever there's, like, an award show, he, um, lists the nominees from a older award show. And don't worry, folks, I'm not going to test her on the first Academy Awards, so. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> All right. Nope, I'm going to test you on the first account. No. <laughs> um, so, as, so um, I figured this, I'll do one. And um, on I was going to do this in August because usually this airs in August, but this year it's airing in July. Okay. So it got pushed, so we did it this month. But, um... So, July 31st will be the 17th Annual Teen Choice Awards. Oh, come on! <laughs> yes. No, I deserve this. I deserve this. An award show near and dear to my heart. I deserve this. In fact, that you can vote online, but I remember mailing in my, filling out my ballot from Seventeen Magazine and mailing it in. <laughs> Just to tell you how far back we're going. Yeah. But anyways... So the first one aired in 1999. I had, um, I watched it. I remember it very well. And so we got some categories. I'm not going to do all of them. And for the record, just so everyone knows, when we have done these, Danielle has not cheated. No. And I'm not going to cheat. Actually, a lot of these you might know. So I am putting my hands underneath my chin right now. Mm -hmm. So. Okay. So. We are going to do the we'll start off with um, choice movie actor. And the nominees are Ben Affleck, Armageddon. Matt Damon, Saving Private Ryan. Ryan Phillippe, Cruel Intentions. Freddie Prinze Jr., She's All That, and I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. Giovanni Ribisi, The Mod Squad, and Saving Private Ryan. Adam Sandler, Big Daddy, and The Waterboy. Will Smith, Enemy of the State, and Wild Wild West. Oh my God, how many people were nominated? And Ben Stiller, There's Something About Mary. Yeah, see, what they would do is, um, you the list in the magazines would have like 15 names on them, so... Yeah. Okay, so one of them... One of them won. Won the best actor, I best guess? Movie, yeah, choice movie actor. Okay. Well, I know it's not Ben Affleck or Matt Damon. Uh-huh. Um... It's gotta be a comedian or... Hmm. Not Freddie Prince Jr. Oh, 
I know I'm going to be wrong on this. I'm going to say Adam Sandler. You're wrong. It was Freddie Prince Jr. No! You dumb teens. Whatever. Have you seen teens all that? No. I mean, I've heard of it. Also, keep in mind that this was... This thing was mostly determined by a bunch of teenage girls. Uh, yeah, hormone teenage girls. Right. Of which I was one. Shit. <laughs> I, I was um, 13, 13 years old when I voted on this. <laughs> so. Do we, what, what year did it start? This is 1999. This is 1999, the first year. Okay, so I was 14 at the time. Okay. Well... I was almost 14. This was the summer of 1999. Right, because so, your birthday's in December, right. so. Okay. So, okay? Mm-hmm. All right. Choice movie actress, Drew Barrymore, Never Been Kissed, and Ever After, Claire Danes, The Mod Squad, Cameron Diaz, There's Something About Mary, Kirsten Dunst, Drop Dead Gorgeous, Jennifer Love Hewitt, I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. Gwyneth Paltrow, Shakespeare in Love. Christina Ricci, The Opposite of Sex. Reese Witherspoon, Cruel Intentions. Well, there was only one that stuck out that I would figure would be the winner. I'm going to say Jennifer Love Hewitt. Mm-hmm. You're right. All right, so you got one. All right, that 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 that's not bad. <laughs> and at least it was for the ladies. So. Yeah, this is true. All right. Okay, next category is um hmm. Let me think. Okay, choice movie comedy. This one might be a little tricky. All right. All right. The nominees are 10 Things I Hate About You, Election, Never Been Kissed, Patch Adams, which was not a comedy. But no, it wasn't. <laughs> hey, I'm Patch Adams. I'm a doctor. Neither was Shakespeare in Love. I don't know. What, what were they? What would they do? Okay. She's All That. There's Something About Mary and The Waterboy. Well... Since you suggested as a movie many months ago, Ten Things I Hate About You, I am going to pick Ten Things I Hate About You. That's what I would have voted for, but no. What? what? There's something about Mary. Oh, yeah, that that would have been a good choice. Yeah. Yeah. Which I was... Fun story. My mother rented it for us in Blockbuster one night, and... I don't know if, for those of you who have seen or something about Mary, you'll understand this, but she turned it off at the hair gel part. It <laughs> <laughs> said the took it back the next day. I never figured out how that movie ended until I was in high school. Oh, I had no idea. <laughs> All right. Choice movie drama. Cruel Intentions. Enemy of the State. Ever After, October Sky, Pleasantville, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, 
Stepmom or Varsity Blues? Oh, my God. Those are, like, bad choices except for, like, two or three. Okay, I got two in my mind. Like, there's one that is, like, poking me in the head saying, pick this. But there's also the other one where if I don't pick it, it'll end up being the right answer. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to go with the one that's poking me. Okay. So I'm going to go with Cruel Intentions. You got it. Yes! <laughs> it was that or Varsity Blues. Yeah, yeah. Because, okay, can I just explain, like, the process for that? There's no way Stepmom would have won. Never. There's no way October Sky would have won. Neither would Pleasantville. So. Pleasantville had a shot. No, it didn't. It had Toby McGuire in it. It had a shot. Toby. That's well, not a good what argument. What teenage girls voting on this? Also, right. although to be fair, I saw Pleasantville when I was in high school and I was actually slightly disappointed. Um, I would have voted forever after. See, I was sort of thinking that, but then it I was nothing like... nothing to do with the fact that the main character is named Danielle. But nonetheless, oh. um, okay, choice summer movie. American Pie, Austin Powers' The Spy Who Shagged Me, Big Daddy, Drop Dead Gorgeous, Notting Hill, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, Tarzan, and... <laughs> Wild Wild West. Uh, that's got to be American Pie. Nope, it's got to be Big Daddy. What? What? I know. I thought it was American Pie too. Oh <laughs> my lord! I, I started my freshman year of high school like shortly after this, and that was the movie all the kids in my class. <laughs> American Pie, like. We used, to, we used to walk around the ninth grade at one time at band camp, you know. That was the movie. I've I've already told the story of my parents seeing that movie, so I'm not going to go into that. So That's why, um that's why nowadays, even as a full grown adult, if somebody I know has a kid that's going to band camp, I have a hard time keeping a straight face. There was also one who's who played the flute, which made it even more difficult. If you've seen the movie, you understand. Right. Okay. Um, all right, so we're going to skip over some other ones because some of these are really specific categories that you would have had to see the movie to get, like, you know, funniest scene, 50 fit. Right. Okay. So we're going to move on to television sections. Thank you for saving me the torture from that. Right, because a lot, some of these I haven't even seen, so, like, I can't really elaborate on. Um... Also, what bugs the sh... Okay. I'm also going to make a little rant because these people apparently did not see the movie, but the category is choice movie villain, and they nominated Joseph Gordon-Levitt for 10 Things I Hate About You. So obviously they have not seen the movie. Well, it is 1999. No, but have you seen 10 Things I Hate About You? No. Okay, that's... Okay. He's the hero of the movie. I wonder, like, he's the main cast. Is it on my DVD, Q, I wonder? 
No, he's not the bad guy, though. He's the guy trying to get the, like, he's the lovable, dorky guy. So basically what you're saying is they have it backwards. Right. He's not the, it's kind of like, oh, what's a good example? Um, nominating Jason Biggs for American Pie as the villain. Right. Basically. He, no. He's not the, uh, that, okay. that, just, that just really, really bugs me right now. Alright. Anyways, um, choice TV actor. David Boreanaz, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Scott Foley, Felicity. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Third Rock from the Sun. Joshua Jackson, Dawson's Creek. Mm. James Vanderbeek, Dawson's Creek. Mm. Barry Watson, Seventh Heaven. Scott Wolf, Party of Five. And Noah Wiley from ER. I thought you were going to say Scott Bayo. That would have been awesome. Um, I, well, I'll talk about that later. <laughs> but yeah. You got some heavyweights in that one. Yeah, they do. I'm going to go James Vanderbeek. Close. No, it was Joshua Jackson. Really? Ooh. Surprise, I, I'm surprise. I'm surprised, too, because there was a period of time where he was more popular, his character was more popular in Dawson's Creek than um, Dawson was, but that was a little bit after this, so wow. I'm, I'm surprised. Okay. Okay, so here we go. Next one, choice TV actress. Brandy from Moesha. Nev Campbell, Party of Five. Jenny Garth, Beverly Hills 90210. Sarah Michelle Geller, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Melissa Joan Hart, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Jennifer Love Hewitt, Party of Five. <gasps> Katie Holmes, Dawson's Creek. Carrie Russell, Felicity. Damn, I knew those two were going to be in. Damn, damn, damn! This is so much fun. It's basically, they describe, like, almost the cover of almost every teen magazine I owned, and that time period had at least one of those girls on. Well, uh, she worked for me once, and I'm going to go for it again. I'm going to say Jennifer Love Hewitt. Nah. Sarah? Yeah. Yeah, that was my other choice. Yeah. All right, I'm 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 not too upset about that one. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a tough call, because they were both really, really big at the time. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, not that they aren't famous now. They they certainly are. It's just... Yeah, they're still famous. They're, they're still pretty, yeah. Okay. They're still famous. Choice TV show drama. <laughs> Seventh Heaven, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Charmed, Dawson's Creek, ER, Felicity... Party of Five, The X Files. Gotta be Dawson's Creek. Yep, it is. Oh my! I missed like three or four in a row there. I had to get one. Okay. Um, choice TV show comedy, and I'm proud to say I have watched all of these shows. Oh my god! So happy. Third Rock from the Sun, Dharma and Greg, Friends, Home Improvement, Moesha. Sabrina the Teenage Witch, South Park, That 70 Show, Two Guys and a Girl. Okay, I sort of had to chuckle be for South Park. I know. <laughs> um, but that's not my pick. Okay. There's one. There's only one choice. It has to be Friends. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like, all the other shows, like, Sabrina, no. Home Improvement, no. Moesha, no. If it were 
were a few years earlier with that home improvement, but this was the year. This was, I think, this was home improvement last, last season. year. So, okay. and JTT had already left the show to go to college. So yeah, they. If, it, if this was like in 96, I would have said home improvement. But, yeah. Okay. Here we go. Now into the music category, which is probably going to really make you want to bang your head against the wall because... Well, I got, I got a wall near me, so... Choice male artist. Jay-Z, R. Kelly, Jordan Knight... Ricky Martin, Mace, Puff Daddy, Will Smith, Usher. Oh my God! <laughs> I told you. Oh no. Uh. <laughs> I'm gonna go Puff Daddy. Ricky Martin. Damn, I was dated her. This was the Living La Vida Loca the era. Yeah. Yeah, I know you tried to block that out too. I understand. <laughs> Especially the Shrek version. Oh, I forgot they did that in Shrek. Okay. Shrek wasn't Shrek out two yet when this was done though. <laughs> yeah, it was Shrek two they did that. Oh yeah, that wasn't even out yet. All right. Um, choice female artist. Christina Aguilera, Brandy, Mariah Carey, Faith Evans, Lauren Hill, Monica, Britney Spears, Shania Twain. Oh, oh this is worse than the men. <laughs> I'm going to go... I'm going to go Mariah Carey. Brandy. Brandy? I know, I'm shocked too. Brandy? She was doing really, she did have some hits at the no, time. No, 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 she, no. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not bashing Brandy, but I'm like, really? I just thought it was Britney Spears. Me too. Because that too. was when she was doing Baby One More Time and had the... Hit me, yeah, baby, I, yeah. one more time. I mean, I, I'm very surprised. Wow. Um, okay, this we're going to skip over some of the music ones because there's a lot of repeats. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right, so we'll do Choice Music Group. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's quite the eclectic group. <laughs> oh, like the men and women have it already. So, 98 Degrees, oh, Aerosmith, what? Backstreet Boys. What? Goo Goo Dolls. Oh my god. Insect. Smash Mouth. TLC. And someone named True that I have to look up. <laughs> I, I have never heard of them at all. Okay, wow. <laughs> oh. I think I'm going to go bang my head on the wall now. I know. Ow. Okay. One time and that was it. Okay. Uh, I didn't think it would be that hard, but... Uh, I'm going to go in sync. 
TLC. You stupid teens! <laughs> no scrubs! I know, I would have said that too. Damn. I would have said it's fake. I, trust me. That's what they <sighs> said. Um, okay, we'll skip over the music ones, and we will now move to the final section. Yay. Um, which is the miscellaneous category. The miscellaneous category. <laughs> Alright. Here are um, the nominees for Best Jelly. <laughs> Welchers. Smuckers. Alright. So we're going to start with Choice Male Athlete. Oh, God. Okay. Um, Andre Agassi. Kobe Bryant. Terrell Davis. John Elway. Michael Jordan, Mark McGuire, Joe Needin. Um, the fact John Elway is nominated is funny. Yeah. Um, and Tiger Woods. Oh. Uh, um, I'm going to go Kobe Bryant. Yeah, you're right. All right. Okay. Choice female athletes. Cynthia Cooper, Steffi Graf, Michelle Ham, I mean Mia Ham, sorry, Michelle Kwan, Lisa Leslie, Tara Lipinski, Peekaboo Street, Christy Amaguchi. No Venus Williams? Nope. Wow. Okay, I'm going to go with Michelle Mia Ham. Mia Ham? Yeah. Tara Lipinski. What? She just, this was right after the 98 Olymp Winter Olympics. Well, I know, but, like, I thought she would have retired after that. No? I don't know, look um, her up. Look. I mean, she's actually gotten attractive now. Oh, yeah. Like, look. like when she was a teen, she wasn't, I didn't think she was that good looking, but. But, yeah, this was, yeah, she had just won. Um, youngest gold medalist um, the year before this happened. Alright. Choice comedian. Choice comedian? I told you this is a miscellaneous. I, I know, I know. Right. Yeah. Alright. Tim Allen. No. Whoopi Goldberg. Jay Leno. David Letterman. Rosie O'Donnell. Chris Rock. Adam Sandler. Robin Williams. Okay, except for the last three, the others are terrible choices. <laughs> God, we we sucked at nineteen ninety nine. Uh well I'm going to go with Chris Rock. Uh no, Adam Sandler. That was my other choice, so I'm not that yeah, upset. Adam Sandler had all the big movies. I'm not that upset. Yeah, because that was when he made good movies, too. <laughs> when he had, like, The Wedding Singer, all that. Right. Really good ones. Yeah. Um, all right. Go to... All right, here you go, Bill. You should know this. This is your <laughs> field of expertise. <laughs> Choice professional wrestler. Yay, I'm going to finally so, get one right. Goldberg, Hollywood Hulk Hogan... <laughs> Mankind, Kevin Nash, The Rock, Sable, 
Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Undertaker, 1999. Okay. Before I tell you who won this, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. I'm actually surprised Sable was in this category because by this time, we're, what what would you say, July or August '99? This was August first, 1999. Okay, Sable's no longer in the WWF. She's actually suing WWF or is going to sue WWF. I'm assuming a lot of these people who did this did not know. <laughs> but my choice is Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, yeah. I figured. <laughs> I would have guessed The Rock. Well, no, that would have been a that would have been a good guess as well. Because I remember around this time, um, my cousin who was now in his early twenties, I'm probably be so embarrassed if I told the story. Um, hey, I already told about my cousin. All right, my um cousin used to watch um cousin and my sister used to watch SmackDown. And The Rock used to go, do you smell what The Rock is cooking? Don't ever do that again. <laughs> I'm not a wrestling fan, okay? No, I know. I'm just joking All right. with you. At least I didn't try to do it emphasize like he does. Anyway, he'd say, do you smell The Rock is cooking? And my cousin, who was like maybe four or five years old, would go, mashed potatoes! Oh! All right, I like that. And I hadn't seen SmackDown yet, so I thought that he actually said that. Wow, that's pretty uh, good. Yeah. <laughs> um, I used to watch SmackDown in ninth grade. Um, yeah, because that was on UPN. UPN, and my sister used to watch SmackDown because my sister actually liked wrestling. I used to watch it because I went to school with boys who liked wrestling. <laughs> and I had nothing to talk to them about. <laughs> so what I would learn is I would watch like the last half hour of SmackDown because that was when all the exciting stuff happened. And half the time when they would come to school the next day and say, did you see SmackDown? It was something that happened in like the last half hour. Right. So I would pretend, and I thought I was so cool. <laughs> and they would say, and in fact, the, the guys at school, they're like, WWF is cooler than WCW. So um, I said that too. They're like, yeah, WWF. They're like, which wrestler do you like? And I made the stupidest. I couldn't name any off the top of my head. It's like Paul Kogan is like, he's not WWF. <laughs> well, so, you, but you know what though? By '99, they are right. By '99, WWF has surpassed. WCW. Oh yeah, they have. He's like, no, he's WCW. So then they never talked to me after that. And then within like a year and a half, WWF buys a WCW. For, for $2 million. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. So next time you try to impress somebody with your knowledge of something, do more research. Yes. Because you will get hung up on stuff like that. Yeah. It is not... The internet is at your disposal. Yeah. <laughs>
it your best effort. Yes, I did. I hate teens. <laughs> but you were a teen. I hate teens. Okay. <laughs> I mean, these teens are now are now bitter people in their thirties. You should, you know. <laughs> Come on now. Oh man. Anyways. So no, yeah, I deserved. Cool. I deserved that. Right. After all that stuff, I, I deserved that. Right. So, anyways, um, for those who are interested, the annual Teen Choice Awards are on July 31st. They are pre-taped, so I'm pretty sure there won't be any controversial award show moments popping up. <laughs> but who knows? At this rate. Yeah, I'm looking at some of the other categories you skipped over. And I know. I'm, now, I'm you really see why I skipped over them. Yeah, I'm really glad. <laughs> yeah. Okay, like here, choice music, love song, really. Choice music, single. Choice music, album. Oh my god. See, that's what bugs me. Is like, choice summer song. Choice model. Yeah, I was gonna do that one, but I only heard like of a few of them. Oh man. Yeah, but the but I will admit though I did like a lot of the choices on here when I was a teen, and um, so it um yep. Well, I think I gave myself a concussion, but uh, it doesn't really matter. Um, Dr. Drew was a presenter at this award show. Right? With yeah. Je Jesse Eisenberg? What was he doing at this time? He was on a show on Fox called So Real. Okay. He was... At the time, though, his sister was more famous than he was, if people remember his sister. Well, I just hit myself on the wall, so no, I don't remember. Um, Jesse Eisenberg's sister was named Haley Kate Eisenberg, and she was a little girl on the Pepsi commercials that used to show curly hair. Oh, yeah! Okay, I yeah. okay, now I'm coming back. So, at that time, Jesse was known as the older brother of the girl in the Pepsi commercials, but she didn't get as famous as he eventually did, but yeah. All right. Before I get into this other topic that I have, um, why don't we spend a couple minutes talking about our thoughts on the hundred thousand dollar pyramid and the uh -huh. match game? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with the hundred thousand dollar pyramid. I'm actually enjoying the hundred thousand dollar pyramid. Uh huh. Um, there is a couple of things couple of changes, and, I, and I'm going to save the one that you noticed for when you talk. Right. I noticed it too, but I'm going to save that for you. Uh-huh. The one that I do like is when they get to the winner circle, and the contestant has to put their hands in, like, the little, like, arm bands to, like, not use their hands. I like that. It's really cool. It's really different. Yeah. Um, with the exception of probably Anthony Anderson, the celebrities they have gotten have been good. Mm-hmm. 
Sorry, Anthony Anderson, you cannot play this game if your life depended on it. And, and Michael Strahan, I think, does a good job as the host. I mean, I, I mean, there's no way you can replace Dick Clark because he's Dick Clark, but Michael Strahan does a good job with this show. Mm-hmm. Very true. The one thing that irks me about it is that they play the music during the rounds. Hmm, yeah. That drives me crazy. I can understand that. Like, you don't have to make it this dramatic, but the actual rounds dramatic. It's the bonus round that's dramatic. And they get that. They get that right by bringing back the original music, or not the music, but the sound. Right. But the bonus, because if you watch the original, and I hate comparing, you know, they don't do that. And I also miss the Seven Eleven. Bonus. That was the other one I was trying to think of. Yeah, 7-Eleven. They bought back the Mystery 7 bonus, which I appreciate, because um, the Pyramid, they, they revived Pyramid for one year on Game Show Network, and they removed all the bonuses in the front game, and what you did was, every time you got a 7 out of 7, um, $5,000 was added to the bank of what you played for in the Pyramid. Mm-hmm. So it would start at $10,000, and if you got a perfect score, you played for $25,000 because you have $5,000 right. for each 7 out of 7. So, I mean, that was interesting, but I'm glad they bought back the Mystery 7. I'm glad. Also, they made the dollar amounts in the pyramid so high that, like, even if you lose, you yeah. win a lot of money. Yeah, you do. Like, I, I'm, I'm so used to how on Dick Clark's version was like 50, 100, 150. Yeah. So, when it's like the top box is like $5,000, whoa. So, I, I do like that. Um, it does make it more exciting. Um, I do miss the 2121 bonus, though. Yeah, that's, that's the one that I saved for you. Right. Um... On the Dick Clark version, if you're playing a game and you both get 21 out of 21, the tiebreaker, whoever gets the tiebreaker, gets a $5,000 bonus on top of what you've won. And the tiebreaker, did you, I'll let you tell them what the tiebreaker was. Okay. The tiebreaker on um, this version is who gets their things in a certain amount of time during the game, like they're keeping track during the game of the amount of seconds they get stuff in. But I guess they do that to save time. Because on the Dick Clark version, what it was was, okay, um, there's a tiebreaker. You get words that begin with the letter S or words that begin with the letter K. Mm -hmm. And you pick one. So the team that goes first to do words that begin with the letter K. So let's say um, they do it in 20 seconds. So the 20 seconds that they did it in gets moved to the other team's clock, and they have to do it in less than 20 seconds right. to get it up there. Which could work, which if they both did it in the same amount of time, you'd have to do it again. So I guess it can be kind of time-consuming. But other than that, though, it, it still stays true to the original. Yes. Michael Strahan is a great... The celebrities are actual people I've heard of. <laughs> <laughs> you 
you know. So that's good. Because nowadays, if you watch some of the game shows on, like, Game Show Network, they get their their idea is hilarious. This person is a comedian who's been on the Internet. Yeah. You know? Now, um, they got actual people from TV shows and things that I've heard of. That, that's very nice. But, um, so, uh, you know, it, it's not a bad show. And um, I have yet to see somebody win $100,000. I have. Oh, I must have missed that. But seeing them win fifty thousand is still exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, it is. It, it you know it got and it captured the excitement of the original. I also don't know why they switched um, the clue givers because it used to be it was the celebrity who gave the clues and the contestant gets mm-hmm. it. Now it's the contestant gives the clues and the celebrity gets it. Right. So, uh, or um, they let you. I think it was a later version. They let you pick. But this version, it's the um, contestant has to give the clues. But, I mean, but yeah, it's, um, I, you know, I hope it stays on. I, um, I wouldn't it, mind seeing it go on daytime. Yeah. I think it would do great. But yeah, because when I was in high school, they had Donny Osmond doing it, and it just didn't work. I remember they had, um... It was, like, really... It was just weird. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Um, alright. Now, the other one is the match game. And, um... At first, I had mixed feelings about it. Especially when they had J.B. Smooth on there. I was like, oh my god, if this guy is on every week... He's going to kill the show. He really is. But, as time progressed, it started to get better and better. Mm-hmm. And then, this past week's episode did me in as far as how good it was. I thought last or this past week's was the best one yet. Um, I think Alec Baldwin, I think it took Alan a little bit, but he got comfortable, and he does a good job as the host. Uh, the questions are good. The, again, celebrities are good, with the exception of the one. Um, like I said, I thought he was going to kill the show. Um... But I am, I'm enjoying it, and I hope they bring it back for the summer, the next summer. I agree. There are some, you know, things that make me roll my eyes, and yes, the questions are a little, but see, the problem, um, you can't really get around the questions because of the time we're living in. Right. Like, I keep in mind... The 70s version was at a time when network censoring was like, you had to get around saying certain things. Yeah. Which made it funny then. Mm-hmm. But 
as time marches on, and also if you watch the later versions of the Gene Rayburn version, they don't do that nearly as much because by that point you could just say anything on television. Yeah, you could. So it was more or less um, play on words instead of double entendres. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was still a funny show. And I, I love Val Bowen. I disagree with a lot of his political views, but oh, I think right. he's a very funny person. Like, I, I thought he was hilarious in 30 Rock. And um, I, it does bug me the way he calls everybody baby. <laughs> Hello, like, baby. Like, yeah, baby. I'm like, oh, God. Um, and they are good with celebrities. Um, I mean, occasionally they'll have somebody on I. Yeah. Like, but to bear though, um, the seventies version of Match Game, what people don't realize is a lot of those people on there were mostly famous for being on the Match Game. Pretty much. Like they did other stuff, but to this day, when you hear Charles Nelson Riley, most people would probably tell you he was on the Match Game. And not to say that he didn't do anything else, because he did. He was in a lot of movies, and he did a lot of Broadway. Right. But, um, and the same thing with, um, the only person on there that most people would know from something else is Richard Dawson. From Family Feud. His Family Feud. He also was on Hogan's Heroes before that, place. Like, and, and watching this, I would say, and she's not on it every week, but I would say Rosie O'Donnell is the Richard Dawson of the show. And what I mean by that is she's the one that the contestants would go to for, you know, like the most trusted answer, like Richard was. The one problem, though, that I'm not noticing nearly as much on this version is your goal is to help match the contestants. Right. A lot of people sometimes lose sight of that goal and just try to be funny. Which, and there's, there was this woman on the original version, her name is Patty Deutsch. She was a comedian. Patty Deutsch. Patty Deutsch. Patty Deutsch. She, yeah, she would always just say the most random off-the-wall thing because she was in the sixth chair, and the sixth chair they said was the toughest one because you know, everybody had gotten all the funny answers, so you had to go be funny. But the goal of the game is to match the contestants, not to try. I mean, you can be funny, but don't just say some random off-the-wall answer just to get a laugh and not help the, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but um, I haven't seen that too much on this version, and... And even though the questions are really risque, they're still pretty funny. They are still good, yeah. It's like, um, Costco has an adult-only section. They're giving free samples of blank. Um, <laughs> well, I thought that was... Yeah. Yeah. And, and the Supermatch round is, um, still pretty good. Um, I... And, and, you know, they, they stay true to the original. They do. They really they, do. They really did. And, um, I, I, I normally don't like remakes, but they, they tried. At least they, you know, there are certain game shows 
that can be remade. The upbeat, lively one. Mm-hmm. To tell the truth, the problem with it is, to tell the truth, if you've watched the original version of To Tell the Truth, it isn't a lively, upbeat game show. Right. It is... They, they chuckle from time to time, and there's little funny moments here. But it, it wasn't like The Price is Right. You, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just a bunch of people sitting in there. Uh, you, you could barely tell there was an audience half the time. It was that quiet. Mm-hmm. So to turn it into this thing with raunchy jokes and a live band and... Yeah, it just doesn't work. It's it's weird. So if you're going to revive a game show, stick to the upbeat live. That's why Let's Make a Deal does so well, because Let's Make a Deal was never a formalized... Well, it was when it first started off, but for the most part, it... It's been a pretty, and there and there are issues I have with that version, the current version. Right. Too. But I do think Wayne Brady is hilarious. I loved him since I was in middle school. Um, my main issue is they change the bonus round and they rely way too much on improv. But all right. But anyways, okay. Yeah. So basically, in short, we like both of them, and right. they should stay on. Right. All right. So, this last topic that I have before we get into our movies and music mm-hmm. was a topic that originally I wanted to do last month, but Danielle was like, are you sure you want to bring this up? Because we're going to do game shows, and I'm like, yeah, you're right, you're right. So, um, and I, and I want to give credit here to the, to the, to this gentleman who is on Facebook, he's a member of our group and a friend on Facebook, Chris O'Mealy. Uh, he does a blog, and I'm going to post the link for this or for this blog in the description so everyone can check it out. And it'll also be up in our Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Because Danielle and I are both fans of The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. One of the things about The Simpsons that they are so good at are songs. Mm-hmm. They always been good with songs. Oh, yeah. Either it be, you know, picking famous songs to use in certain scenes Mm -hmm. or certain situations, or, like in this case that we're about to go into, original songs. I think if the Emmys ever did a category of best original song from a TV program, The Simpsons would have won almost every year. They really would have. So, Chris um, wrote this blog about a month ago, and he came out with his list Mm -hmm. of the top 20 favorite songs from The Simpsons. Now, these are his opinions. Um, and Danielle and I, we're gonna, I'm gonna read them off, and you guys can chime in, too. Uh Um, but before I get into it, uh, he did have a rule, and it should be mentioned now. Uh, the song that is in this, or any of these songs, had to be either original or a parody 
So no covers. So the Jazz Man is gone. Uh, Green Day's cover of the theme song from the movie is also gone. Mm-hmm. Also, they had to have words in the song. They could not be background music. So Treehouse of Horror and Sideshow Bob, you're gone. Um, and those are, uh, actually, and there is one more. He did not include the main theme song. Mm-hmm. So that is out. So, I have seen this list before, but I don't remember when I saw it the last time. So, um, so you're going to have to forgive me, folks. No, uh, it's okay. All right, so here is his list. Mm-hmm. And we'll put our opinions on it. Okay. Number 20. We put the spring in Springfield from Bart After Dark. <laughs> this is such a weird song. It what? I've never actually seen the episode it's originally from. I've only seen the song in clip shows. The episode is good. Yeah. I know what the plot is. Though. Right. The they're trying to save a brothel. Pretty much. <laughs> but, and um. Oh man. But I think, but for me, what ruins this is after the song is over, Marge comes back and she's like, "Wait a minute." song of my own if you just let me sing my song and then she sings the song and the brothel gets torn down a little bit so it sort of ruins the whole purpose of the song they just had mm-hmm. so that's my thought on it mm-hmm. all right number 19 adults kids from Wild Bart's Can't Be Broken. Uh, oh! It's called what? Adults, Kids. Oh! Okay. It's a remake of a song. Alright, right. that's, that's what threw me because it's an actual song on Bye Bye Birdie, but they changed the lyrics. Yep. Okay. Uh, I'm not a fan of this one. I'm really not a fan of this song. I've I've never liked it. Well, I did burst out laughing with the line where Homer sings um, that they're, you're only here because Marge forgot her pill. Oh, yeah, that is a good line. That and is a good true. line. <laughs> that is true. If you, if you see the, episode, the flashbacks to when their kids were born, that's actually true. Yeah. Which makes me funny. <laughs> Which means Marge will have sex with you. So. Alright. Number 18. The Itchy and Scratchy Show theme song. This has to be higher. I'm sorry, Chris. Yeah, I love the song, but it has to be higher. I barely remember it. You don't Oh my god, well, it's I the remember s- it. I just don't fight, fight, fight. Yeah. There's some before it. They bite. They fight. They oh. bite and bite and fight. Fight, 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 bite, bite, bite. The edgy and scratchy show. I remember the one 
from the episode where Marge tried to take violence out of cartoons. Marge, yeah. <laughs> they love, they share. <laughs> yes. Here, I'll play, I'll play. Oh. Oh, well. I was going to play it, but it won't let me. So. Right. Okay. Number 17. The Canyon Narrow theme song. Originally in The Last Temptation of Crust. Basically, it's a parody of all those SUV commercials. Mm -hmm. and, um, and Marge gets an SUV and it basically like runs over everything. Yep. <laughs> but it was originally used at the end of the episode where Krusty, who was trying, who came out of retirement, was you know was like, oh, I don't sell out, and he's like. The Canyon Arrow is incredible. It's unbelievable. That's where it comes from. Okay. All right. Number 16. Your wife don't understand you from Colonel Homer. That is a good song. Is that the one where that country singer... Yeah, Laura Lean Lumpkin. Okay. Yeah... Excuse me. Oh, she... Isn't there... I think there's like three songs in that episode. Three or four. Oh, well. Alright, next one. Number 15. You're checking in from the city of New York versus Homer Simpson. I only saw that episode um, once, though. Okay, I'll set up the scene. Marge, Barney, and Lisa to go to a Broadway show, and it's about the Betty Ford Clinic. And there's a guy who's playing an actor, and like it's like you're checking in, you're checking in, you're checking, 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 checking in. Probably you don't probably remember. All right, that's okay. Okay. I do remember the Fozzie episode, but yeah. All right. Number 14. Springfield, Springfield from Boy Scouts in the Hood. Springfield, Springfield. Is that that Yep. One? Okay, yeah, I remember that one. That's one of their best songs. Yeah. That's one of their best songs. One of their best parodies. It really is. Mm-hmm. All right, next one. Number 13. Flaming Moe's from Flaming Moe's. Yeah, that's a classic. It's a, yeah, it really is. Barney! So how you doing, Mr. Gumble? <laughs> Alright, number 12. This one's a combo, but it's from the same episode. Oh, did you, did you have something else? Oh, no. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, Alright. Dr. Zayus and Chimpan A to Chimpan Z from A Fish Called Selma. I vaguely remember that episode. It's the one where Troy McClure makes a comeback and he's dating Selma. But he's really using Selma oh, yeah. to just get back. 
I hate every ape I see. From chimpanzee to chimpanzee, oh, okay. you'll never make a monkey out of me. Alright, number 11. They have the plant, but we have the power from Last Exit to Springfield. I know that episode. Last episode. Which one? That episode Now I gotta go look it up. I have the description if you want me to okay, read it. Okay, yeah. Homer becomes the union leader at the nuclear plant after Mr. Burns abolishes the dental plan right when Lisa needs braces. Oh! Lisa needs braces? Is that the one? Which, say that one again? Where he's got, like, Lisa needs braces going in his head, or is that another one? Mmm. I don't know. Okay, maybe not. Alright. Alright, number ten. Homer and Marge from Three Gays of the Condo. Oh, yeah, you gotta give that one. Yeah. That, that's like a weird owl for heaven's sake. Come on. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. Come on. That's actually one of my favorite episodes, too. You know, I'm actually surprised, and I say this as a fan of Weird Al, that that never became a single. Like, like I, I'm surprised Weird Al, and I'm sure he has, like, the full lyrics of the song. Like, he never made that into, into any of his albums. Because I think if he did, that song would have been huge. But, yeah, I love... And it's weird, because as it went on, I got tired of watching episodes where Homer and Marge broke up and got back together, but I actually like that one. Yeah. Number nine. It was a very good beer from Duffless. Okay. When I was 17, I had my very first beer. I gave him a license, a fake ID. I remember, I remember it, though. My name was Brian McGee. I stayed up listening to Queen. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Number eight. Who needs the Quickie Mart from Homer and Apu? Yes. That right there. It's just genius. Like, that's almost like a Broadway-style music. Yeah. They have songs, and I'm sure we'll get some more of them, that could have been, like, a Broadway musical number, and that's yeah. one of them right there is, like... And then the ending, like, after he sings and he goes outside, that makes that song good. You lied to us for a song! I hate when people lie to us. Yeah! That, that's... And the funny thing is, I've only actually seen the episode where the actual episode maybe once or twice, but I know the song. Yeah. That that's how. Number. Um, oh, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Number seven, "Baby on Board" from Homer's Barbershop Quartet. Yes. This is my number one. I I dedicated that song a few times to a lot of the pregnant people. This is my but number one. That is just... Oh, Th man. That song 
will probably be played when I have my first kid. It's just, yeah. Or every kid that I have. Yep. Kids, this is the song that we christened you to. That's right. <laughs> of course, I don't know how my parents would go with that, but... You know, it's your kid. Yeah, that's true. It's a barbershop quartet and a banjo with the christening, and damn it. And I have the song, I, I have the album, so... Yeah. It, you know, you, you can't deal with um, George Harrison in the end, but that's all right. Number six. They'll never stop the Simpsons from behind the laughter. Oh, that is an iconic episode. We, we, um, that. That's almost like a... It's like part clip show, but part real episode. And they are so slick because... Also, if you ever get a chance, I highly recommend this. Get The Simpsons on DVD. Every single episode has commentary. And listen to them explain things because mm -hmm. it's very insightful. But when this first aired, my sister and I saw this when it first aired, we thought, at the, it set up, I, I don't know if you've ever seen the, those who have seen the show Behind the Music on VH1, it set up like an actual episode Behind the Music and substance. And at the end, it, they referred to them as the Northern Kentucky family. Mm -hmm. So my sister and I are like, they live in Kentucky? But what they did was, every time it rebroadcast, they changed the state. Oh, they did? <laughs> yeah. Ooh. So if you watch another version of it, it will say a different Interesting. So we thought that they, they had answered the question that we had been, like, waiting for <laughs> for all these years. Like, yes, they live in northern Kentucky now. <laughs> we, well, I'll put my thought into that another time. All right, number five. Happy birthday, Lisa, from Stark Raving Dad. That's my number one. That's a classic. That is a classic. I, play, I used to play that song for my sister's birthday every year. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, that's just too cute. Alright. Number four, See My Vest from Two Dozen and One Greyhound. Oh my god, yes. I forgot about that one. I love that song. Okay. If Baby On Board is my number one, which it is, See My Vest would get my vote for the best parody song. <laughs> it's so good. Even... Unless you're an animal rights activist, you might find it offensive. Yeah, they could kiss my ass. <laughs> we were already going to get the explicit tag, so why not? <laughs> but then again, if you don't have a, a problem with a song about trying to save a brothel, then, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Alright. Number three. The Monorail song from Marge oh. versus the Monorail. Okay, scratch that. That's my number <laughs> That. That's like almost a Tony Award winning. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and again, I've only seen that episode once. Oh, I've seen that a bunch of times. I've seen the, the song I know very well, but the episode I've only seen once. <laughs> in its entirety. But, oh my God. Alright. Number two. We're talking softball from Homer at the Bat. That okay. Have you ever heard the song Talking Baseball? No. Alright. Um basically it's a parody of it. 
and they actually got the gentleman who sings the song, Terry Cashman, to sing the parody of the song. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll post the link to you so you can hear it. Okay. I'll, I'll post the original and the parody. And according to Chris, his number one favorite Simpsons song of all time, We Do, the Stonecutter song from Homer the Great. That's okay. <laughs> Ooh. Not as good as the monorail song. Ooh. Yes, you can direct your angry letters. <laughs> via, no, um, I mean, it's okay. No, we're entitled to our opinion. It's not a horrible song. No, it's not. Yeah, I... It's like... How, how can I put this? The best way to put it would be... Is like, if... A bunch of guys got together at a bar, got drunk, and started singing. But instead of it being a bar, it is a secret club. That's what this song is. Alright. There's a lot of my favorites that are missing from this list. Um. Okay. One of them... The Sherry Goppins episode. Oh my god, there's so many good songs. That was, um, the one, <laughs> if you cut every corner, you cut, and, oh, um, then the one where, um, it's supposed to be this really sad song, but then it's like, um, but then there's lines about how Apu can, like, charge extra for, like, raw meat at the store, for, like, <laughs> fired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good episode. Um, one that I'm sure some people might have issues with is the one where Bart is in a boy band had a lot of good songs. Yeah. With NSYNC in it. Um, there's this one that I love, but you only get, like, a few seconds of it, so I don't know if that really counts, but... Right. Um, called... I'm not going to sing it, but it's called Silent G. Look it up. It's okay. cute. But, um, also, testify from the episode where Bart becomes an evangelist. That's a good one. <laughs> and it, it's like sort of like this gospel-inspired number where he's like, Satan, eat my shorts! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a funny one. Um, the one... Um, there's an episode at Who Shot Mr. Burns, um, part two, beginning of part two, Chief Wiggum is going around questioning the suspects, and this one guy makes, like, a, um, upbeat, like, um, salsa dance number explaining that he didn't shoot Mr. Burns. Oh, that's a good one. And he was like, I hope all the other interrogations are going to be this fun. <laughs> Wow, there's so many good ones. Yeah, um, uh, oh man, there, there's just, um, the one where Lisa, Bleeding Gomes Murphy and Lisa writes a song about how horrible her day was. Oh yeah, yeah. The Saddest Kid in Grade Number, number two. two. Yeah, that was very early on. 
Um, yeah, really, um, we, we could be here all night. There, there's just, it's just, um, <laughs> there, there's just so many great songs, but I'm glad that Quickie Mart and Monorail did make it on the list. All right. Well, I want to thank Chris again for uh, letting us discuss his list. Very good list, I would say. And I'm going to give him a plug here, and I'm sure he will appreciate this. Uh, he's doing a new project, um, which you guys can check his updates on. He is going to watch every Disney animated classic. Basically, all the major motion, you know, like Snow White, Pinocchio, Dumbo, all of them. Mm -hmm. There are 55 movies in total. And what he's going to do eventually is once he has seen all 55, he's going to rank them. So... I'm going to be very, very interested in seeing how he ranks them and which one he puts at number one. So, and uh, he's only watched four so far. So, Chris, if you're listening to me, which I'm sure you're listening to the show, mm -hmm. let me give you a piece of advice. Take your time. Don't stress yourself out. Don't drive yourself crazy. Alright, so now we're going to go into our movies and albums of the month. For the month of July. And I, you know, I believe I get to start this time. Am I correct in that assumption? Yes. Okay, I, I just wanted to make sure. Mm -hmm. Um... I'll be honest, I had a little bit of a hard time uh, Me too. trying to find a movie, because we've picked some good movies. Mm -hmm. uh, um, but for the second month in a row, and I really hate to do this, but I'm going to do it again. Yeah. For the second month in a row, I am going to go with a movie that was on Untitled Movie Project recently, and that movie is Swing Time from 1936. And it stars Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers in what many critics have called their best movie together. Um, it's, a, it's a very good movie. It's about a guy, Fred Astaire, who is supposed to get married to this woman. But we find out that he doesn't really want to get married to this woman. So he goes to New York. And he meets this lady, Ginger Rogers, and they become a dance group, or a dance pair, and then they eventually have feelings for each other. Um, and it's really well done. Um, there are some good, excuse me, um, other actors in this movie. Um, Victor Moore, Eric Bloor, Helen Broderick, uh, Broderick and Betty Furness are also in this movie. Um, this won an Academy Award for Best Original Song for that year for The Way You Look Tonight. And 
when the American Film Institute did their relist, that's what I call it, relist of the top 100 movies of all time, this movie was added at number 90. However, I will warn you people, uh, there is a scene where Fred Astaire is blackface. Yeah. Other than that, if you could get past that one scene, it's a good movie. Yeah. Okay. Alright. My choice is a little bit... I wouldn't say recent, because it's over 30 years old, but... um. No, it is nostalgic, so... It is nostalgic. It is probably... And I had to go just check the list to see if I hadn't already done this one. Yeah, I did too. Because I feel like I had, but I haven't, apparently. And this is probably one of my favorite Tom Hanks movies. Um, in fact, I'll probably pick the other one next month. Um, <laughs> and that one is Splash. Hmm, okay. And Splash... I've always been a fan of The Little Mermaid. But Splash came out five years before The Little Mermaid did. But Splash is, like I said, basically The Little Mermaid set in modern day, well, at that time, 1984, New York. And um, it's about a guy who falls in love with a mermaid. And it's just so... I don't know, there's just something about it. And, And... you know I'm a huge sucker for nostalgia. Yeah. So you kind of get this whole perspective of like New York in the eighties and um and she goes to like um Bloomingdale's to um and because she sees a com- all right. But basically she's a mermaid. Um he meets her as a kid, or sees her, he meets her as a kid, and then sees her again as an adult years later, and he drops his wallet or something, and she finds his wallet and goes to New York City to find him. Mm-hmm. And, and then all this weird, like I said, same plot as The Little Mermaid, except she talks, and she learns how to talk from watching television, which makes it even funnier because she basically repeats what she hears on television. Right. And, um, but, yeah, very good movie. Tom Hanks, Daryl Hannah, John Candy, who's always hilarious, um, Eugene Levy. You might not realize it's Eugene Levy when you first see it, though, but hmm. it's Eugene Levy. Yeah. Um, and it's... Um, but I don't want to give too much away, but it, but if you like The Little Mermaid, you'll like Splash. Also, there is some slight nudity, so if you have an issue, if, if, it's a, you could watch it with your kids if you want, but it's not as family friendly as The Little Mermaid. It is rated PG, though. Alright. So, you know, there, there might be, if you're super conservative, you might not like it, but other than that. All right, so now we go to our music, our album of the month, and Danielle gets to start it this time. Okay. 
Um, gotta go look up the album first. <laughs> um, to make sure I have the title correct. Right. All right. Um, one of my favorite, favorite groups when I was a teenager, bands, I should say, was the Goo Goo Dolls. I love the Goo Goo Dolls. All right. And I had a huge crush on Johnny Resnick. He was the lead singer. He had long hair. Well, it wasn't that long, but it was like messy hair, and he played the guitar, and I just thought he was so, oh, God. But they had this song called Iris from City of Angels. Right. And to this day, whenever I hear the song, I'm like so overcome with, I don't know what. Emotion. Maybe. I don't know, but like, it's just so intense. Like, that's the song where if you have a crush on somebody, that, that song is like the perfect description of having a crush on somebody and not telling them and mm-hmm. or at least that's my definition of it. Um, I don't want the world to see me because I don't think that they'd understand. Uh, anyways, Dizzy Up the Girl is the app. It's from the City of Angels soundtrack, but Iris is also on the album Dizzy Up the Girl, which um, they have um the Google Dolls had some success in the early 90s with their song Name, and mm-hmm. they had um, a few other hits later on. Like, um, But this was the album that most of their, you know, if you want to get like their bigger chop- toppers without buying a greatest hits album, this was the album to get it. You have Irish, you have Slide, you have Dizzy, you have Black Balloon, you have Broadway. And it's just a really great kind of late 90s alt-rock um, album. And and I'm sure you've heard, like, they were all played on the radio. There were huge radio songs, like... Um, Iris was huge. Yeah, Iris was, like, everywhere. And... Um, Slide was everywhere. Um, in fact, I think Iris was more successful than the movie it was from. Yeah. Um, yep. But if you ever get a chance, go get it. Dizzy Up the Girl. Dizzy Up the Girl. Dizzy Up the Girl. Yeah, that's what I said. Dizzy Up the Girl. Right. Um, they still play the Goo Dolls are still together but there's only two of them now which kind of makes me sad but Johnny's still there so you're not really the Goo Goo Dolls unless you have three <laughs> I, know. I know and Johnny's 50 years old now which really kind of <laughs> alrighty um for mine um this was sort of a no brainer for me for this month um, and I'm actually surprised we have not mentioned this band at all on this show yet as far as an album recommendation. But for my album of the month, for the month of July 2016, I am going with The Beatles 1. Oh, yeah, I remember uh, that. One of the best compilation albums ever. In, in the history of music. 
Um, basically, it is all of their number one songs that, that, that reached number one on the charts on the one album. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so good. Um, before I get into the tracks, I, I found these stats, and this is very interesting. Um, this album has sold over 31 million copies. Think about that. There are some artists who only sell 31 million in a career. This album has sold 31 million albums. Uh, this album is the fourth best-selling album in the U.S., since the Nielsen Sound Scan began tracking U.S. albums in January 1991, uh-huh. it is the best-selling album of the decade in the U.S. from 2000 to 2009, as well as the best-selling album of the decade worldwide. One was remastered and reissued in September 2011, and then was reissued and remastered again in several different editions in November 2015, and as of June 2015, One is the sixth best-selling album of the 21st century in England, having sold over 3 million copies. So what makes this album so good? Why is everybody buying it? Well, let me tell you the songs you got on here. You've got She Loves You, I Want to Hold Your Hand, A Hard Day's Night, Eight Days a Week, Take It to Ride, Help, Yesterday, uh, Yellow Submarine, Eleanor Rigby, Penny Lane, Lady Madonna, Hey Jude, uh, Come Together, Let It Be, The Long and Winding Road. What else do you want? You know, this really is one of the best compilation albums of all time. Maybe the best. Maybe the best. I don't really know, but, um... It is a really good album, and I would recommend this. If you're interested in the Beatles, and you like, and you want to buy an album, but you don't know where you want to start, this is where you start. And then you can go from there. Alright, so that's going to do it for us. Um, let me tell you guys what we got in store for the month of August. Uh, I, I think this is going to be a fun show next month. Um, of course, I had said we were going to do Project Access. Obviously, you guys did not hear it this month. <laughs> the reason is because in a couple of weeks, I will be attending the 20th anniversary of Project Access. So what I'm going to try and do is I'm going to try and interview some of the people who went to Project Access, and they can give, you know, their memories of Project Project Access, and you guys can listen to it um, on the show next month. That's the first thing. The second thing, and Danielle probably knows, well, she doesn't know what this is, but she got a message from me the other night from me going like, Oh my god, I think I'm going to go crazy. (laughs) Next month, we are going to review a TV special that took place 26 years ago. 
Some of you might remember this. Some of you might not. Some of you might have never even heard of this. Next month, Danielle and I are going to review, and I, and I have the link, so I'll send it to you so you can watch it, Danielle. Okay. Happy Birthday Bugs 50th Looney Years. Oh, yeah. We are going to review the 50th birthday special. <laughs> I mean, it is literally a who's who of stars and celebrities and just outright cheesiness that can only define the late 80s and early 90s of television. I actually went to a Bugs with Bunny 50th and um, 50th birthday event at the Baltimore Zoo when I was a kid for the summer. Because, <laughs> like, I remember, like, as a kid, I remember there was something, you know, related to Bugs Bunny's birthday. Right, I remember him turning 50. Cause, and I was like, what? There, there was a special, wasn't there? And then I found it, and I was like, oh, my God, this is it. And then... When I watched the first time on YouTube, the version really wasn't that good because it seemed like the tape was worn out. But there is another version, a much better, clearer version. That's the one we're going to watch uh -huh. and we're going to review next month. So uh, if you have any friends who like that wascoe wabbit, tell them to tune in next month. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Nostalgia Crew. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed my torture that I was given today. And uh, until next month, for Danielle, I'm Bill, and you guys have been listening to Nostalgia Crew.